Thanks for tuning into the Woods Edge Student Ministry Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more information, you can go to woodsedge.org or look us up on Facebook under Woods Edge Students. Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for um, the fact that you are a good, good father. And that, that makes us your children. And it's good to be a child of a good father, a father that protects us and um, speaks kind and wise words to us that directs our path uh, but isn't overbearing. We, we love being your kids, and I pray that you would um, speak to us like children this morning. Speak through what I have to share. Um, speak, continue to speak through worship, but we just invite you right now, every one of us in our own heart, come and say something special to me as a father. Speak to my heart. Speak to my soul. Speak to the, the meat of the matter that I'm going through. And maybe I don't even know I'm going through it. But we just, we give you that liberty, Lord. We say we want to hear from you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. On that note, we'll have a couple interactive moments today. And this is the first one. What has God been saying to you lately? What has he been putting on your heart? Has he been telling you to read the Bible more or encouraging you to forgive someone or what? Do your homework? Stay away from this, that, or the other? Who, who's got an answer for me? What has God been impressing upon you in the word or in song um, or just in general lately? Don't be scared. There might be prizes. That's what I'm talking about, Julie. Yeah, nothing, nothing. Prizes? Yeah, yeah. Uh, to be awesome? What do you got? Um, I have to wait for something that's really important to me. You have to wait for something that's important. And waiting is one of the most refining, awesome things we can do in faith. And so, amen to you, and wait well. What do you got? Stay motivated. Stay motivated. Absolutely. You guys were supposed to be joyful at all times, and that's not easy. But he calls us to it, and he'll give us the strength to do it. Reagan? To love more. To love more. You really do. I mean, come on. No. <laughs> you guys, we can all do better than that. In fact, I've got it right here. Love more. That's my thing for the year. Sydney? Patient. Be patient. Absolutely. Paul? Forgiveness, huge. Did I see a hand in the back? In the middle. What do you got? Yeah, putting others first. What, have you been reading the Bible or something? What do you got? <laughs> Kevin. You need to go to church on time, son. Yes. But, you know, it's from the Lord. To pray for the scary manager at your job. Hey, man, that, that'll change him more than, more than we can. Forgive more? Tide box is right there, baby. <laughs> to finish strong with school. Amen. Amen. Finish strong. There were no prizes for that session, but thanks for answering. So how could he do that? What God has been saying to me lately is rest. God has been calling me to rest. And that's very challenging for me to do. As you may have seen from the banners outside, Freedom Weekend is like a month away. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be epic. Um, the lion art, our own Andy Zabo made for us. What's up, Andy? But you guys, we are super excited about freedom. It's going to be life-changing. It's going to be our best one. It's our 18th annual freedom. And I am like full bore, full speed ahead, planning for that with my team. So it's very countercultural that God is saying, rest, relax. I can't relax. I have freedom. I've got work. I've got small groups. I've got to plan messages. I've got to take care of you guys when need be. I've got a family. I've got a wife. I've got kids. Rest? Who's got time to rest? But what is God saying to me? Rest. Be calm. God is a God of rest. God is so serious about rest in the Old Testament. If you didn't rest on the Sabbath, he'd kill you. He'd kill you dead. It was a capital offense. God is serious about rest. And we don't rest well. 
We are way too busy, and I am way too busy. You could ask Brooke. Brooke? Shut up. That's not nice. So God's been calling me to rest. And as you may know, I turned 40 in November 11th. What's up? Nobody got me a fish or nothing. What's up? Where are you at? Well, you guys know I went to Hawaii for my 40th birthday. It was awesome. And that all came about because God told me to rest. And Brooke wanted to bless me with a great birthday present slash 10-year anniversary present coming up in February. What's up, girl? And so she said to me, if you could go anywhere in the world and price wasn't an object, where would you go? And have you ever thought about that? Sure you have. Where would you go if you could go anywhere? And so we start dreaming about it and talking about it. And we're just kind of like entertaining the notion because we can't go anywhere in the world because we're not, you know, Carmen Sandiego or Richie Rich. Like we are limited in what we can do. But it's my 40th and she wants to do something special and we're just dreaming, where would you go? And I'm thinking, well, you know, I'd love to go see the leaves change on the East Coast. I'd love to go to Italy or Rome or Florence. Um, I would love to go to Australia. I would love to go to the Orient. I'd love to go see some crazy ruins in the middle of a jungle. Um, Brooke, as a child, went to Hawaii as a kid and had very... Uh, fun time, and it really it made an impression on her, and so that was an option. I've never felt a call or a desire to go to Hawaii. It's like, okay, what are we going to do in the middle of an island on an ocean? Like, it just does not sound appealing, and I literally said that. What, do you, what is there to do in Hawaii, right? And if you've been there, you know there's plenty, but that's what I said, but I thought about it, and I prayed about it, and I felt like God said, I want you to rest, and I want you to do it in Hawaii, and I'm like, really? Before Rome? Before um, like Singapore, you want me to go to Hawaii? And I felt like he said, yes, that's where I want you to go and that's where I want you to rest. And so we talked about it and we prayed about it and we're like, okay, like, you know, maybe we're supposed to go to Hawaii. And so then we started making our list. If we went to Hawaii, where would we go? And show me my picture of Hawaii just as a backdrop because it's so nice. Like, who couldn't rest there? Solitude, the sound of the waves, rainbow in the horizon, beautiful just peaceful. And so we start making a list of what we would want to do if we went to Hawaii. And if you're going to go on vacation, you want to eat good food, right? Not like uncooked hot dog meat when you go camping, like good, yummy, exotic food. We want to spend some time at the pool and just do nothing and just like look at our feet from the back of a beach chair and just look at the water. We want to spend some time with the Lord in a new environment. We want to have some fun. No offense, Wyatt without kids, right? Because Brooke and I, 10 years of marriage, have never been on vacation without kids or responsibilities or family commitment. Like it's, we've never just two of us gone off and done something, ever. And that's a little bit of a bad on me because we need it. We want to go see the set or some of the locations where they filmed Lost. Anybody watch Lost? right? Great show. So we wanted to go and see some of the scenes and places where they filmed that show. Brooke loves Lost. She's seen it like three times. She probably wants to start watching it again today because I'm talking about it. We would want to explore the jungle if we were going to go. We would want to spend a day all by ourselves on a secluded beach without another soul. I mean, who wouldn't want that on an island? We would want to visit some cultural sites. I put on there, I, I want to see some ruins. I love old beat up things that man made. Hawaii is known for amazing sunrises and sunsets, and I like the pictures. And again, just sit and rest. 
So we made our list, we picked our place, we felt like God was saying yes, yes, yes all the way. And so finally it was like, okay, well, if God is calling us to do something, what you need to do then is you need to count the cost. What's it gonna cost to go to Hawaii? What's it gonna cost to be a disciple? What's it gonna cost to forgive someone? Like you need to know because it might cost a little more than you realize. So we started counting the cost, literally. And here's where we started, babysitting. Who's gonna take care of our kids for seven or eight days? Seven or eight days, and we wanna be generous to our babysitters because we expect and want them to do a good job. I'm thinking about $100 a day, right? And if there's any girls in here like, oh, I'll be here babysitting. That's like vacation money, all right? That's not just going to the movies money. But that's about $800 right off the bat. I don't have $800. All right, airfare. Cheapest, cheap, cheap flights to Hawaii with like eight stops from Newark to Singapore, you know, like crazy stops is about seven, $800 a person. So boom, there's another $1,500 bill just to get there. I don't have $1,500, you guys. Lodging, the big one. I don't want to take Brooke to Hawaii and stay in a tent on the beach, right? Because as much as we want to go to the beach, I don't like sand because it's kids everywhere. So we start counting the cost for that, and minimum for a decent place to stay is like two or $300 a night, minimum. Like some places that we looked at, $700 a night. So we got $800 for babysitting, we got about $1,500 for flights, and then we got like $2,000 for lodging. And if you want to be in the ministry and you feel called to be a pastor or a missionary, you guys, um, 401ks and Maseratis are not in your necessary future. Like we work for the Lord, and it's worth it. But we're not rolling in dough. And God takes care of every one of our needs supernaturally. But we don't have crazy money in the bank. So when we put that bill together and we're looking at $4,500 to $5,000, all of a sudden I'm looking at that through that number, that obstacle. And I'm like, there's just no way. Like, if I'm going to do this trip and pay for it, it means $4,500 of debt. And God says, don't go into debt. And I don't want to hurt me or my family by putting us in debt. Because we were in debt the first few years of our marriage. And it was horrible. It's hard to get out of. So God's like, rest. God's like, Hawaii. God's like, I love this list. You should do all that. And we're like, okay, great. We put our list together. And I'm like, there's just no way. There's no way. God, why would you call me to do something that's going to hurt my family? So, another interactive. This one has a prize. God has many names in the Bible. Some he declares of himself and others people declare of him. But when God's name, okay, the Lord is whatever, when you see that in the Bible, the Bible slash God is telling you something about who he is. He's telling you about his character. He's telling you about his nature. So when there's a specific, specific name for God, like Jesus is known as the Savior, then you know, okay, Jesus is the Savior. Jesus saves. God saves. God will save me. That's why we have all these names for God. In high school, I was Justin, but my nickname was Crazy Wolf, all right? Because I was a little nuts, and I love wolves. And so they just called me Crazy Wolf. They even got me a hat that said Crazy Wolf with a stupid wolf on it. And I wore it because I'm like, that's who I am. And to know me by that nickname told you a couple things. This guy's weird, and he howls in the hallways, and people loved it. They loved it, I tell you. But... That was my nickname. So here's the question. No, here's the prize if you get the question right. In honor of our ugly Christmas sweater party, for the next three Sundays, this one included, I'm giving away an ugly Christmas sweater. All right? And if it doesn't fit you, that's even better. 
because that just makes it uglier. But I bought these myself, and I'm very proud of my selections. So we have a Tyrannosaur opening a teddy bear out of a package, and he's wearing Christmas attire. And oh my goodness, who doesn't want this? All right. Tell me an Old Testament name for God. Yahweh. Yahweh. What does it mean? Oh, oh, Sydney. What does that mean? <laughs> it means Lord. What does it mean? Lord. What? Oh, he said Lord. All right, come back up here and get your sweater. Good job. Does he have to put it on right now? Yes. Are you willing? Do it, baby. Do it. Hey, these are, so, these are like $60 sweaters. I'll have you know, we did not skimp. This is awesome. I'm so excited. Oh, oh. I should go do a drum roll. Oh, amazing! <laughs> All right. So, God has many names in the Bible, Old Testament and New. And, sorry, Wyatt, that was my son. Um, if you want to understand who God is, you look at the Bible. And if you really want to understand who he is, look at his names. Here's some samples of names of God. Magic. All right, Jehovah Shammah is the Lord is present. Jehovah or Yahweh means the Lord, right? The Lord is present. Is it good to know that the Lord is present? Yes, because you don't want to pray to the God that's not present. You want to know that when you're praying, you're praying to God who is literally, you guys, in this room with us right now. The Lord is present, period. It's his name. Jehovah Sabaoth, pretty sure that's how you say it. So don't judge me. The Lord of angel armies. You guys, God in himself is enough. But isn't it good to know that you've got a God that commands legions of armies of angels that outnumber the stars in the sky so that when you get up against a tough situation, you know that you've got the greater good and force and uh, power behind you because God is the God of angel armies. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Anybody ever needed healing? Well, guess what? We worship a God who heals. It's who he is. It's his name. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. And what a good name to know of God in this turbulent time when everybody's like revenge and kill them back and whatever. No, we worship a God who is the God of peace, who says, I will take vengeance and you don't need to worry about it. We are supposed to be like God. So if God is present, we should be present in conversations. We should also be interested in healing people and God's justice and promoting peace and being peacemakers. Jehovah M. Kadesh, the Lord who sanctifies. You got something in your life that you just can't get past, that you can't reconcile, that you don't know how to deal with, that you're not strong enough for? Well, God makes you and me holy. He gives you what you need to be holy and good in that thing that you just can't feel like you can do by yourself. Guess what? You can't, but he can because he sanctifies. He's the only one who sanctifies. And the last one, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh is God's name that means he will provide. We're going to camp on that for just a minute. Jehovah Jireh comes to us from Genesis chapter 22, the story of Abraham and Isaac. I hope you know that story. If you don't, homework. Read Genesis 22. Take you two minutes. Not right now. Jehovah Jireh from Genesis 22 comes to us when God decides to test Abraham, the father of our faith, 
decides to test Abraham's faith. God had blessed Abraham big time. He was his like chosen guy. He was going to have all the people of Israel come from him and his line. And he waited uh, and waited and waited and waited until he could have a son that God promised him until he was like 100, crazy old. Like not when they lived to 900, like 100. That's when he had his kid, Isaac. And he was his only son. And God said, I'm going to test Abraham's faith before I bless him even more. Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son, Isaac. And Abraham's like, what? But hey, this is God. This is God saying, I want you to do this. And Abraham was a man of faith. And Abraham was like, I don't exactly know what that's going to, I mean, I don't know if I can do that, but I'm going to do it. It's God. I love him. He gave me, he brought me this far. He gave me my son. Okay. So Abraham agrees, says to his son, hey, Isaac, we're going to go up into the mountains and we're going to make a sacrifice. And Isaac's like, okay, dad. You didn't tell him, and I'm going to kill you. So they go up into the mountains. Along the way, Isaac is like, um, hey, dad, like you don't have anything uh, to sacrifice. What are we going to sacrifice? And Abraham says, the Lord will provide. And they get to the top of the mountain. And Abraham strings up his kid, pulls out his knife. He's standing over him, and he's about to kill his only son that God gave him because God is God. And God said, this is what I want you to do. And the, the faith, the bravery, the courage, I can't even imagine what was going through his mind, but he was going to obey the Lord, even though it was going to, I mean, to kill his kid was going to kill him too. And he's right like this, like this, you guys. Like, there's, he's about to, and we cut in on Genesis 22, 12 through 14. Just then, the angel of the Lord appeared and said, do not lay a hand on that boy. Do not hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. And then Abraham looked up and he saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. And so he took the ram and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. And so Abraham named that place Jehovah-Jireh which means the Lord will provide. And to this day, people still use that name as a proverb when they say, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. In the life of faith, God will, from time to time, all of us, lead us up a mountain where there's nothing except for you and the Lord. And he'll have you make a decision. He'll, have, he'll meet you up there and say, this is what I want. And there's really no other option. And when you get up there and you're facing like the cliff and God is like, take a step, buddy, I'm with you. I got you, girl. You need to trust that the Lord will provide. He will provide. And Abraham had faith and God blessed him huge for it and did not make him go through with it and never intended, I bet, to make him go through with it because God is a God that is a peace and love. He provides. It's interesting to note that it says the Lord will provide. It's not the Lord did provide. It's the Lord will provide. It anticipates a future action on our part. I will provide this to you, but you're going to need to do this. Even salvation, which everybody claims, is the free gift of life. You know what it is, but it requires you to do something, does it not? It requires you to say yes. And that's simple. And once you say it, it's free, but it requires an act of faith. Yes, I want you as my Savior, Jesus. Boom, you're in. You're good. The Lord will provide. We have to do something, though, too. We have to say yes. We have to take a step or a leap of faith. 
The definition of pride, uh, provide is to make available, to furnish, to supply, or equip. God's blessings are out there, you guys. Answers to your prayers, maybe some prayers you've lifted up and forgotten about, are out there, but God is waiting for you to take a step of faith. He will provide, but you need to engage. You need to put your faith into action. So, back to my story. If God has been telling me, rest, take a vacation, go to Hawaii, and if I know that Jehovah Jireh, my God, will provide, should I really be worried about $4,500? Is $4,500 a big deal to God? No. It's a monster deal to me, but God said, go. So I just need to go. I don't have to understand I don't need to understand, and sometimes we don't get to understand because if we understood it all, it wouldn't be so delightful and amazing when we get there and say, what? This is amazing. So we start planning our trip, even though we don't know how we're going to pay for it or what it's going to look like. And once we decide, okay, yes, we're going to do this, in about a day, we said, all right, let's set to work. Side note, this was back in the summer, and back in the summer, guess who moved from California to Oak Ridge to retire? Brooke's mom and dad. We've never had grandparents or family members close by that could babysit at the drop of a hat, and they move here at just the right time, and we're like, we want to go to Hawaii, but we got this, this, and this, and they're like, we'll take the kids. Of course we'll take the kids. We'll take the kids whenever you want, and we're just like, what? Of course they will, but it's just such a blessing. And they were like, yes, we'll do it. And I've got parents, and they live in Conroe, but they're in their 70s. And my mom, I love her, bless her, she loves me too. But when my kid was born, Charlotte, my first, she just said, I just need you to know, I love you and I love your girl. But the days of my babysitting are over. So it's not implicit that just because you have grandparents, they're going to babysit. But they said they would. So $800 of our trip, taken care of with a phone call. Thank you, Jesus. And that phone call, that opportunity was not available until like that Time, just in time. Next barrier, next fear factor for us was airfare. Like I said, minimum $1,500. Well, Brooke is like, you know what? I bet we have some miles. I never look at that stuff. I don't pay attention to it, but I started an account way back in the day. And so Brooke gets online on my user password and she gets in there and she finds out that we have so many miles racked up from student mission trips that to fly from Houston to Honolulu, and then back in first class, seven bucks. Seven dollars is all it's going to cost for two of us to fly to Hawaii and on the return trip fly first class, where they feed you like better than at restaurants with the big fat chair and the ha. So boom, $800 is taken care of for childcare, 15 or so is taken care of through air miles. Like we're like looking pretty good. And, and frankly, first class is like five or 10 times the price. So huge money things happening within like a day, like I said. So that leaves us the last thing. The biggest thing, lodging. To go and stay in Hawaii is expensive, crazy expensive. Um, even if it was just that bill of $2,000 or so, more than we got, debt. But I'm like, well, God's already done so much. So even, you know, it's enough. But God is like, no, I want to really bless you. You guys, he wants to bless you beyond your wildest imagination. And so I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, maybe he wants to bless us with that too, and boop, light bulb. I got a friend who I went to school with 
when I was just a little Justin. Over at Haley Elementary, my friend Alex. Is there any Haley comments in the audience? What's up, my people? All right, so Alex and I grew up together since we were little guys, and we went to school together all through the years, but I was kind of a, you know, I was a crazy wolf. I was kind of a punk kid. Alex was a very good kid. I didn't really know Alex. I mean, I knew him at school, but I did not, I don't think I ever hung out with him once outside of school. We just knew each other from school all our lives. And um, unbeknownst to me, Alex's father has an international, like, Fortune 500-type company that owns and operates resorts all over the world. And Alex had said to me about a year ago, because we have kept in contact a little bit, if you ever need anything, don't hesitate to ask. And I know this is his business. And it's kind of a big deal for a, a grown man, a father, a husband, whatever, to go to another man and say, will you help me go on vacation? But he said, if you need anything, ask. And I prayed about it, and God was like, yes, of course you're supposed to ask, fool. <laughs> so I write Alex an email about that same time frame, that day that we were like, prayer answered, prayer answered, God will provide. And here's what I write. Dear Alex, I hope you're doing great that the summer has been treating you and your family well. I'm turning 40 this November, and shortly thereafter, Brooke and I are also celebrating 10 years of marriage. What's up? She and I are looking to take our first solo vacation ever to celebrate both occasions. Thanks to multiple student mission trips over the past four years, we've saved up enough miles so that we can fly just about anywhere for free but we're still going to be on a tight budget for lodging, which was a lie. I had zero budget, but I, I didn't think I could ask him for the whole thing. So even still, a little bit of pride snuck in there. We're looking at possible places to go, and I wanted to write and see if there was anything that your company could do to help. We are specifically interested in Hawaii. I pray you'll forgive me for being so forward with this request, but I recall that you had encouraged me to never hesitate to ask if I needed something, and so I'm asking. God bless Justin. That's a tough thing for me to write, you guys. I'll be honest. I don't know if you can put yourself in my shoes, but I'm basically asking, will you pay for me and my, my wife to go on vacation? And not, will you pay for us for cancer treatment, or would you help me out so I can put my kids in school? I'm asking for vacation, but remember, this is something God told me to do. So I wrote it. Alex is a CEO now. You know, his dad has taken kind of a back seat, it's my understanding. He runs the whole show international, Fortune 500 type company. He writes me back in five minutes. Like I had walked away from my computer and came back and it's like, boom. And Alex, short and sweet, said basically this. We have a resort on the North Shore of Oahu. It's the most beautiful place there. And seven nights will cost you $2,100. And I will take off two-thirds and give it to you for 700 bucks. So $4,500 in a day, God has reduced to $707. And I'm just like, praise the Lord. We still don't have $700, but we're fools not to go at that price. So we're like, amen, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Alex. And he's like, it's the Lord, the Lord told me to do it. And so we start really planning our trip, and we get everything in order, we book our tickets, we make our reservations, and we are two weeks ago, on a plane, heading to Hawaii. 
On the way there, my mom gave me a present. She said, don't open it until you get on a plane. And I opened it when I got on the plane, and it's a guidebook to Hawaii that was like zero use to us. But in the book, she had slipped some $100 bills to take care of our food. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is amazing. We get to the island, we get in our car, we drive up to the North Shore. It is breathtaking, it is beautiful, it's everything you've seen in the movies. On Oahu, something like 150 to 200 movies, many of which you have seen, are filmed where we're staying, like that region. We get to the hotel, and it is this amazing resort. When we got our car at the airport, the girl said, oh, where are you staying? And we're like, uh, Turtle Bay. And she stopped, open mouth, and said, that's the nicest resort on the entire island. We didn't know that. We were like, (laughs) we get there, we're checking in. We didn't get just a room. We got the king suite on the fifth floor overlooking the prettiest cove. And as we're checking in, I give him my credit card because you do that. And he said, sir, that's not necessary. Alex paid your bill. Paid for the whole thing. So he said we owed 700, but we got there and he still felt God was calling him to do more and he paid for it. We went to Hawaii two weeks ago for free because God provided. Absolutely. Do you know how easy it would have been to see the obstacle of $4,500 and said, honey, we just can't do it? I mean, I can easily see myself saying, it's just not going to, we'll go to San Antonio. You know, we'll go to cut and shoot. We can afford that. (laughs) We could have derailed the whole thing right then and there because there's this monster wall in front of us. And I'm like, there's just no way. But we prayed about it. And God was like, no, you're going, buddy. And I'll provide. But you got to take that step. You got to talk to your in-laws and ask them for a big, big, big favor. You got to use your brain, Brooke's brain. And remember that you actually have stuff that I've already given you. I've been racking up those miles for you the whole time. I've been looking at them going, hee hee. I can't wait till Justin and Brooke see this. And you got to humble yourself and reach out and just ask for help from your family of faith. And he, he put that on my heart and I took that step and he provided supernaturally. Totally awesome. God is good, you guys. He's present, he heals, and he will provide. And again, I'm saying to you right now, look at me. You have things that you need, not want, need. And you need to ask for them, and then you need to take a step of faith because answers to prayer have already been provided, and you need to go and get them. You got answers to questions, and God is like, oh, I've already answered it. It's over here, but I told you to go here last week, and you didn't. So go today. Oh, I put that guy in your heart that you need to forgive because there's a blessing waiting after that forgiveness, but you haven't forgiven him yet, so do it. Call him. There are blessings and rewards, and supernatural, like, what? Situations that God has laid in front of you, and you just need to put your faith in action and take a couple steps. While it was a hard thing for me to write that email, you guys, it was an email. And it saved me $2,000. So, because I laid it out in the front, and because I just want to be that tacky guy, we're totally going to look at a photo slideshow of my trip real fast. And here's all the things that we had put on our dream list of if we could go to Hawaii. So two weeks ago, we wanted to eat good food, and this might not look good, but this is called, what's it called? Masubi? Masubi. It's, it's a giant piece of sushi, but instead of fish, it's spam. 
And what, for whatever reason, this was the best thing that Brooke ate on the entire trip, and she ate it almost every morning for breakfast. Now, we had super fancy dinners too, but I love the picture because my wife is in it. But we ate awesome, exotic, yummy food. We also wanted to spend some time at the pool and look at our feet. So boom, there's my feet. You're welcome. And look at this, giant resort, nobody there, beautiful day, so peaceful. We wanted to spend some time with the Lord in a new place. So we went out and I found this, Brooke found this giant tree called a banyan tree and it's so old, it's growing over green boulders. It's massive, you can't even get the whole thing in a shot. And I gotta sit there and pray and thank God for the trip and it was just one of the richest quiet times I've had all year. We wanted to have some fun without our kids. So there's Brooke. And Brooke is pretty, you know, she's kind of like a princess, and I love that about her, and she's very regal and refined and all that stuff, but that's Brooke chucking a coconut at me in this jungle, and we can't do that when we got kids around, because then they'll start chucking coconuts, and it's just downhill. And I'll tell you, that's one of the most accurate throws that I've seen Brooke do in 10 years. But we had so much fun just hanging out, the two of us. We wanted to go and check out some of the sets from Lost. And we did. <laughs> if you don't understand what's in the top left corner, then you haven't seen Lost. But this is the beach where they had the airplane crash. And about 100, year, 100 yards down is where they camped out in that piney tree wood place, which always baffled me. Why do they have pine trees at the beach? They do. They're like 100 yards that way. So we got to go there. You know how many people were on that beach with us? Zero. Awesome. We also, just show me the next picture. We wanted to go and hike in the jungle. And we're driving one day, and I see this building just being eaten by trees. And I pull off, and I love graffiti. I love to take pictures of it. We find this boy's home that was built in 1902, which I read up on it online because it's like historical. One, it's haunted, crazy. Two, people would send their kids there for disobedience. And like we're talking like shock therapy. And cra- it was crazy bananas. But to find this place completely abandoned, trees growing up, knocking off roofs. This place is 100 years old, was like finding treasure for me. And I, I, I liked it so much, I made her take me back there another day to go and take pictures. And I got such cool pictures. But we just got to tromp around an adventure. Next picture. We wanted to go to a beach where it was just the two of us. And we got to go on this beach and sit there and watch the water. And giant, massive turtles are like right out there and they're rah, 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 doing their thing. And we spent almost an entire day there. It went by like that, just resting and sitting and Brooke looking beautiful. And it was just the perfect day. We, next picture, wanted to visit cultural sites. And who knew they had like a Chinese temple in the middle of Hawaii in the mountains. But there it is. I didn't Photoshop that. And I got to take this awesome picture, and the water looks all beautiful and gold, but it was gross. But it was really pretty. Next picture. I found some ruins right off the highway of this old sugar mill, also said to be haunted. I don't know why. But just this old building just coming up out of the earth with trees growing on. It was awesome. Next picture. I wanted to take some pictures of sunsets. If you could see that picture in like its full resolution, it's like one of the best pictures I ever took of a sunset. And, next picture, we wanted to sit and rest. And this is this famous waterfall. I actually just saw this in Jurassic World two nights ago when they jump off from the big scary dinosaur. Um, It was also something filmed and lost. But we just went and we sat and we looked at that. We were the first ones 
to that spot that morning. And for about 10 or 20 minutes, Brooke, this was the place she wanted to see most, got to just sit there and she just looked at it. And I was like, "Hun, smile for the picture. And she's like, shut up. I'm enjoying sitting at peace and rest. Leave that one up. All right. So I'm going to close out our service by reading you one of my journal entries from while we were in Hawaii. And this is just me talking to God about our trip and something he had to say to me in response. This is November 9th, 7.30 in the morning, Monday, room 525, fifth floor, Total Bay Resort, looking out at all this beauty on our balcony. Good morning. You know what? I have to drink some water. Forgive me. All right. Good morning, Father. Thank you for today. Thank you for how captivating you are in your creation. All at once, from the balcony of room 425, I am watching a sunrise, a storm, the breaking of waves, windmills, a couple snorkeling, and birds searching for their breakfast. There's so much to see here, and I have so little that I must do but sit here and watch it all unfold. You are majestic times a million. Only a moment has passed since I sat down, and already the skyline is completely new with the shifting of the storm clouds and the new windows of your sun's light shining through. Thank you for making me a witness, a receptacle of love. Pour it in that I may breathe it out. I love being loved by you, God, and loving you, my God. I pray for a lovely day. Help us, help me enjoy the gift of your rest. Minister to our hearts and minds. May I lead us well by following you well. I pray for healing in our too busy minds. I pray for peace in our two worried souls. Teach us, Lord, and touch us and transform us by the power of your sovereignty. You are God, and we are your children. Tattoo us with this timeless truth and all it entails. It's just, I'm just gushing to Jesus for how awesome he is. And I opened my Bible to Psalm 15, and this is what it said. Who may worship in your sanctuary? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives, who do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts, those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends, those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. Those who lend money without charging interest and who cannot be bribed to lie about the innocent. Such people will stand firm forever. Lord, you know my heart and you know my bride. We are not perfect. But this is who we strive to be. This is who we aim to become. So thank you for putting us on this path and for blessing us every step of the way, for blessing us so much more than we deserve. 
that was my quiet time. And I just can't remember a time, at least this year, that I felt as blessed as that moment as I was sitting there reflecting that all of that I could have missed if I had let this big, scary monster, $4,500, prevent me from following God's direction. I want to ask you guys this morning, as the band takes the stage, to consider something. What is God calling you to? And what's standing in front of you, preventing you from grabbing hold of it? Because if God is calling you to something today, and you think that that thing in front of you is too big, you're wrong. And if you think you're not brave enough or strong enough or courageous enough, you're wrong because you are. Because God has declared over you, and when God says something, it happens, that you, every one of you, are more than conquerors. That you are full of love and his grace and his mercy and his strength. You have what you need. You just need to take a step in faith. I want to pray and lead us in prayer as we close. And then I want to invite us to take communion and just say thanks to God that we get to pray. And please be encouraged to bring the tithe because God and you, your relationship, is more important than money. And if you give him, he gives you so much in return. Bow your heads, let's pray. Jesus, I'll use my words, but I pray that you would put your words in our hearts and minds. Help, help my friends use their own words for this question, but what are you calling me to? What are you calling me to? Whatever you're calling me to, I know there's a blessing on the way or on the other side, but right now, what are you calling us to? Give us a, an image, remind us of something, give us a name or a word, tell us, what are you calling me to do this year, this season? Allow the Lord to speak to you. Maybe he's calling you to forgive somebody. Maybe he's calling you to give up some habit that you know is bad for you anyway. Maybe he's calling you to spend more time with him. If there's an obstacle, if there's an excuse, if there's a thing that's standing in the way of that, acknowledge it. What is it? Are you afraid? Are you intimidated? You think you're not good enough? What's the reason? Think about it. In response to what God's calling you to or to do, in response to whatever your fear might be or the obstacle standing in your way, I invite you guys right now, just breathe the words Jehovah Jireh over yourself. Tell yourself, tell your soul, the Lord will provide. He will give me what I need. Pray that over yourself right now. Jesus, give us the strength and the courage to be the people that you're calling us to. To live as children of a God, of a Father who will provide, who will give peace, who will restore, who will heal, who already has saved. Help us be the children you called us to be. Without faith, it is impossible to please you, Lord. So 
increase our faith. We ask for it right now. Increase our faith today. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Woods Edge Student Ministry Podcast. Please feel free to share copies of this podcast, but do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way. For more information, please visit woodsedge.org or find us on Facebook under Woods Edge Students.